Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone. My name is Bryce Kuhn, Dylan Sanders, and Glenn West. We are here with the Go 24-7 podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button, set up notifications, and leave a comment down below. If you're listening in any podcast form, just follow, like it, and subscribe it. Completely free to do. I know subscribe's a scary word for some people, but it's completely free to do on YouTube and any podcast platform that you may be listening. Got an interesting topic today. It's kind of come full circle. You know, was it now two years ago, guys, that we were talking about Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC? And over the past couple of days, kind of the news broke that they were going to get to do it a year earlier. Um, you know, first off, credit to Big 12 Commissioner for kind of just noticing, hey, it doesn't benefit us for them to stay any longer. Uh, and I think they showed this year the Big 12 was really competitive outside of Texas and Oklahoma. But those two teams going to be making way to the SEC after a $100 million buyout combined uh, in 2024. So this 2023 season is the final season that we will see the 14-team SEC conference. And it brings up a lot of different, well, let's say a, a lot of different questions. And so we're going to start first with one I think, guys, that we have to sit here and say is kind of the most notable one is what does a schedule look like in a 16-game SEC or 16-team SEC conference? And, look, I know I think I was reading something like last May when the conferences come together and SEC comes together, they sit here and say, okay, what are different ones? They got it down to like 30 different models. And then they continue to dwindle it down. And, Glenn, we'll start with you on this. It kind of feels like the most – I'll say the most the most the one that makes most sense here might be the nine game model, which then forces with what the ACC ended up doing last year. You're going to have three permanent teams, and so we want to hear. I know the fans are going to have a lot of input on this. Who are LSU's three permanent teams? They're going to play year in and year out. They're not going to rotate them. Uh, who do you, who do you see? Who do you start with in the sense? Yeah, so I think there are probably two models that they were considering for a while there. Um, I would say that the eight-game model with uh, one consistent mm -hmm. opponent every year was the other one. Um, but it definitely feels like they've kind of gravitated towards a nine-game schedule with three um, consistent opponents. And uh, I, I think LSU, um, when you're just looking at rivalries and you're looking at the last 20 years um, of what LSU, uh, who LSU's biggest kind of rivals have been, um, you would certainly throw Alabama into that mix. You would throw Ole Miss into that mix. Um, and I, I, I would say Florida. I mean, uh, we mm -hmm. were talking about this right before we got on, but um, I, I can't really think of another team in terms of just uh, really the last 15, 16, 17 years 
that, that has been such a great game seemingly every year. I mean, there's the one, you know, the one game here, every here and there where, you know, these two programs, you know, have a, have a blowout. But for the most part, this is a game that comes down to, you know, six, seven, three points. And, you mm-hmm. know, I think it's, uh, you know, one score game has been, you know, kind of the outcome for many of the last several uh, meetings between these two teams. So, I would say those are the three um, that I personally would would love to see, um, but I, I also think that A and M is going to find a way to weasel in there as a as a nine game, uh, you know, uh, one of the one of the consistents for LSU, um, whether that's replacing Alabama or it's replacing Florida. Uh, I just think A and M is going to be in there, uh, is going to be in that mix and. Um, so yeah, I would say probably those three or four are, are the ones that I'm looking at for a nine game schedule. Yeah. Dylan, I mean, you mentioned earlier before we started, Florida was your number one. You wanted to see that matchup remain. Uh, if that's your number one, where do you go two and three? Um, well, Glenn made a good point in that Texas A&M is probably going to be in there. Uh, we've already seen them, uh, kind of successfully manufacture a rivalry, between yeah. LSU and Texas A&M to where now that game, it is in rivalry week, uh, but it kind of came out of nowhere uh, being put into that spot. But it worked out because now there's a lot of animosity between the two schools. The games are fun. Uh, it's it's now turning into a back-and-forth kind of game. Um, and I think that they see the potential there to just have the two teams play every year. Um, and when thinking about other teams that Texas A&M would play every year as well, it kind of makes sense that LSU would be in there for them. It's not just, oh, how does this affect LSU? It's also like, well, what's, what, what, what makes sense for the other school as well? And I, I think Texas A&M and LSU are kind of interlocked toward that'll, I think that'll be one of them, hmm. um, Texas A&M, uh, you know, they're only other, it would be interesting to see if they get stuck with Texas every year. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Probably. I think all of college football wants it to happen. Uh, Texas, Texas A&M, one of the uh, most underutilized rivalries in the past few years. But uh, bring it back. Bring that one back. But I think in terms of LSU, I think I'd go Florida A&M. And I think the the third, if I had to keep one around, would probably be Ole Miss. Mm. Um over that, Bama, yeah. Um, that just seems like the classic, uh, the classic rivalry. It's that's it the classic Florida's. Yeah, you got to keep you keep LSU Ole Miss. That's your classic classic rivalry. LSU Florida is more of the the new decade rivalry, and then Texas A and M is the the new mm. rivalry. So I think those would be my three if I were to pick pick a three. Of course, and, and you know. I won't complain about not playing Bama every year. I'll come out and say it. I, I, I'm not going to complain about not having that on the schedule every year. Yeah. yeah. No, it, that that's – look, games are going to be lost. And I, I wrote this down, and, Glenn, you kind of mentioned the other potential model is the one permanent and seven rotating, the eight-game conference model. And so I kind of wrote down this. There's no guarantee that Texas would play Texas A&M and Oklahoma every year. Texas-Oklahoma, you know, as a college football fan – one of the better rivalries to watch, not this past year, but usually one of the best rivalries Mm -hmm. to watch in college football. You know, obviously Alabama would play Auburn, 
but then you would lose the the permanency of um, I don't even know if that's a word I just said, but we're going to make it a permanence because we can do that. The permanence, <laughs> sure, let's roll with it. That Alabama would play Tennessee every year. You, they would lose that one. That that's obviously a big rivalry. Um, if Auburn and Alabama are permanent, Auburn doesn't play Georgia. Kind of where a rivalry where you talked about uh, Dylan in saying the classic rivalry. Auburn Georgia is a classic rivalry, so it's going to be really interesting to see where they go with this. Um, Florida Georgia I, is a is another classic one. Florida Georgia is another one. I mean, I'll, I'll say this: if I'm an LSU fan, I really want Ole Miss to stay. Like I like, and, and I'm mm-hmm. with you. The, the classic, the history, Glenn, you pointed well, out over a hundred years of that rivalry. I want that one to stay, and especially you know after you beat them this year too. But again, it, if if we're if we're taking on to the one permanent game, I think that's where you really see LSU and A and M. I think it would I think mm-hmm. it would still be LSU and A M. Ole Miss Ole Miss's one game is Mississippi State. That's 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 where uh, Auburn's that's where one I'm game not in is favor of the eight team. Yeah, eight Auburn's game. Auburn's game is is Alabama. Alabama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Georgia and Florida. Yeah. Texas, Oklahoma, Mizzou, Vandy. I guess. <laughs> Mizzou Vandy, there you go. <laughs> Tennessee, um, Kentucky, yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee, Kentucky, maybe. I don't know. That, yeah. that, I don't know about the East. They miss Arkansas. me with the SEC East. I'm not sure where um, fits in. Yeah, but I, I, th- I, I think the one. I think if there's one game, I think it would be. I think you'd be stuck with LSU, uh, and because it really LSU is nobody's number one rival. They have uh, a lot in, of good in, rivalries. They have a lot of good rivalries. LSU is like. Because well, you look at all these other schools. It's schools that are super close in proximity, or you know, Florida Georgia just has the history. Like or Dylan, they have an in-state rival, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, yeah, in-state, Alabama, in-state. yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, the way the last couple of years have gone, uh, if Texas and Oklahoma weren't joining the SEC, I think you could make an argument that A and M and LSU are probably each other's number one rival. I mean, it's been. I I I think so. So yeah, I think it's. I think it's just because it is newer and was kind of manufactured. But the games have been great ever since the seven overtime misery. Um, I that night will always live in infamy. That night and LSU baseball's nineteen inning loss. (laughs) I mean, that's the other thing. Like you want to. You want to have these games where there's some really great past history too. I mean, like yeah. where there's mm-hmm. great games that you can go back and point to in their histories and say, "Well, this is why we want this to be an every year kind of occurrence." And I think there's mm-hmm. enough of that in recent years with the A and M matchups, certainly with Florida, um, Alabama, and 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 certainly with Ole Miss as well. Though I do think, you know, for the most part, I think LSU's had Ole Miss's number. Uh, and you know, when you look back at the series in recent history, um, but. The, those are the kind of collective of three or four teams that I think just make uh, just a ton of sense for LSU as a permanent matchup every year. Yeah, and you kind of alluded to this, and I, and so I'll kind of unravel this as well. I mean, look, you want the most appealing matchups, and you know who really wants those appealing matchups? The TV executives. That's what mm-hmm. they want. And so if you if you know, it's gonna be interesting to see if it comes down to the the eight game or the nine game and the nine with the three rotating, and you get to create more matchups like we talk about. LSU Ole Miss gets to be a part of it. Um, LSU Florida gets to be a part of it. Um, I think I think that's where we're gonna see. And look, it's just a part of college football. The media folks are gonna come and say, "Yeah, this is really what we want. We want to push, especially with the SEC's new deal with ESPN moving forward and kind of housing everything under that. No longer the three thirty CBS kickoff, which I'll shed a tear. I grew up yeah. on that. That's that's gonna 
It's made me sad. I'll miss the music. If they already started playing the music for Big Ten games, and it felt so wrong. And here's the other thing. When you're rotating these other 13 teams, um, you're, you're doing the math there. I mean, you're playing these other teams once every three years. I mean, like it's – I think you're still getting that regular – uh, relative occurrence so that you're playing them instead of you know playing Missouri you know once uh, uh, in eight years or something like that I mean I think you're playing them every every couple of years which I think is a really great way to kind of get away from you know the the one time you meet up with South Carolina in the 2010s or something like that I mean there's there are a couple matchups like that for LSU where they just didn't play a lot of these teams in 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 on the eastern uh, on the east side uh, of things and so having that relative kind of clockwork where you're rotating these teams in every couple of years i think is only really a good thing i, I like I, that i was gonna say though if we also need to take a look at the teams joining i think that there is great potential um through multiple sports to have lsu texas really start oh, yeah. to be a thing because it took one game in 2019 and those (laughs) the two teams hated each other and it has bled through to baseball since and obviously they they play again this year in baseball i think that has a great potential to be to be utilized because i think it's two very passionate fan bases across multiple sports uh and lsu and texas well sec in general runs college baseball but LSU Texas it has potential to be like classic after classic every year because those are two massive teams. Yeah, you get the opportunity to play a whole weekend series, you know, against them, not just a midweight game. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to kind of monitor and going forward. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, another thing that this did, 2024 also going to be the start of the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams. Now look, it has been argued ad nauseum. Whether you like 12 teams or not, we are not here to discuss that today. That is a whole season worth of podcast that we could go into and dissect that. I'm, I'm this, pro, by the way. You're pro? <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. I still like you. That's fine, though. Uh, no, let's, let's, let's talk this because year one under Brian Kelly, we've talked about it a lot, uh, you know, was, was a good year. Made it to the SEC championship. Is the expectation on LSU in a 12-team playoff – is it a disappointment if you're not one of the top 12 teams in the country every single year, in your opinion, under the new SEC? I mean, look, it's going to be a tougher schedule, but to me still, I mean, now you're seeing where, look, you lose two games in this new SEC, you could still be easily a top 12 team, and LSU was nearly just that this, this season. Well, look, I mean, I think if the expectations in a 14 playoff is for LSU to be among that number most years than not, then I th- would also say that, yeah, 
being in a 12 team playoff is certainly going to be the goal uh year in year out i mean that one of the one of the mantras is uh graduate champions here under under kelly and so you know the only way you can graduate a champion unless you're winning the sec uh west every year and count that as a champion but um you know that the only way you can do that is by getting into the playoff and winning a national championship and so i i i mean that's that to me is um certainly the I think the baseline of what you hope LSU would be able to achieve year in and year out. I mean, it's, it's going to be a gauntlet of a schedule every year, but um, the way things kind of shake out, I think, you know, you'll have those years where, yeah, you're playing, you know, one of those, you know, those three teams every year, whether it's Bama, Florida, Ole Miss, A&M, but you're probably rotating in a, you know, Missouri Vanderbilt kind of year or a, South Carolina kind of year where, you know, some of those programs have been down for a while. Uh, and I think you can kind of navigate the schedule a little bit easier. And so um, I, I just like everything about the way the schedules are, are, are getting decided right now. I think it certainly leaves a lot of uh, optimism and uh, I think com- competitive uh, nature here for, for, for all these teams. And, um, but I mean, you're, you're looking at, you know, the SEC here is going to be the super conference of college football. And I mean, I, how, how many of those teams get in every year? Is it four? Is it five? Is it three? I mean, like you're, you're going to have a group of six, you know, or a group of a group of five player every year. I mean, so you can cancel that out. Most of the conference champions uh, or all of the conference champions are going to get in from the power five. So that's, you know, six teams right there. Um, so you're really left over with, you know, four or five spots. And so, um, you know, does, you know, that, I, I think it kind of, it, it opens up a lot of different avenues, but, um, you know, I think the, the spots go quickly if you don't win the SEC and, and it's going to be hard to, to, to win the SEC with, uh, with these two new teams and also with what you have, uh, to face on a year in year out basis with the Georgias and the Alabamas and, um, you know, everybody in, in the conference. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think that, and I want to pose this question to you, Dylan. I mean, if you don't win the SEC, I mean, the the, the idea of winning the SEC, what is it going to give you? It, it's going to give you a buy. I mean, you're going to be one of the top two ranked. If you win the SEC in this new SEC, you're going to get a buy. If not, you're going to have to battle it out. But I mean, how many SEC teams get in here? I mean, I, people are nervous that like the expansion have said, is the SEC just going to dominate? I mean, that's kind of been the SEC's conversation. And, look, they've dominated the four-team playoff. I don't see any reason for me why they wouldn't dominate a 12-team playoff. Yeah, I mean, that it kind of plays into to the fact of I think it's better for college football as a whole because if you're going to have two-fourths of the playoffs every year be SEC – you know, at least expanding to 12 will get more new faces in. If it's four out of 12, I think that's, uh, I mean, it's a better ratio than two out of four. So mm-hmm. I think it gives more opportunity for other conferences to get in. I mean, obviously guaranteed bids uh, and all, but I think the LSU definitely, it's the, it'll be the expectation to make the playoff every year. Uh, that'll be mm-hmm. the, the next, the next, uh, uh, contract bonus whenever they in 10 years whenever they renegotiate 
uh, will be blank for a playoff perform a playoff appearance or whatever. Um, it, it's 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 the goal. I think you're you're looking at Alabama uh, still in every year, Georgia in every year, yeah. and then maybe the next two best teams, and or one you, or one best team if you're like looking at a year like this. Well, here's here's something else that I, I kind of want to back up a little bit. Um, you know, so you're gonna have the, you know, that all the champions, all the Power Five conference champions in, right? So that's that's mm-hmm. what five teams there. And what is it, the highest ranked group of five? Champion? Yeah, the highest ranked group of five. That's makes six. Um, so that really leaves you six spots to kind of play with in terms of the top twelve. And you know, we're we're talking about the SEC expansion, but also look, the Big Ten just added USC and UCLA. Those are two top high end programs. You know, you still got Oregon over there in the Pac twelve. You know, I'm sure Oregon's going to run through the Pac-12 every year, so they might be the conference champion. Washington but, has a good coach and had a good year yeah, this year. Um, yeah. But you know, and then you know, there's just I think the spots might fill up a little bit more than you, than you would probably think. I mean, there's a lot of um, you know programs. You know, because between you look at USC, US, UCLA, uh, you know Michigan and Ohio State and the Big Ten. Well, three of those teams aren't going to win their conference championship. So, uh, and and you know, theory, theory would tell you that at least a couple of them are going to be pretty good, uh, even if they don't win the championship in their conference. So, you know, do they take a couple spots and then, you know, you're looking at three or four and then, you know, so I think it, it certainly, you know, there's, there's a lot of room for, you know, uh, to where the SEC might not totally dominate in a, in a 12 team league and a 12 team uh, championship environment. So, um, I mean, yeah, this you know, year there would have, there would have been three SEC teams. Yeah, yeah, and then Tulane. Yeah, yeah, former Tulane. SEC champions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, like, there's, um, you know, I, 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 I think this is a good model. You know, these twelve team model is is good for the playoff because, you know, it gives you extra weeks of football and it gives you, uh, you know, more to play for, more teams that feel you know involved and 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 more excitement around it. You, you um, can't tell me UC, USC going to Penn State in January is not going to be a fun thing. Like, yeah, just a fun yeah. possibility. USC yeah. going to Rutgers will not be fun, but I do agree with you that. Uh, <laughs> and you mentioned for anybody, the, <laughs> you mentioned the TV stuff. I mean, the TV companies yeah. are going to be all on board for for 12 team expansion. I mean, it's just it provides more opportunities and and you've seen kind of over the years um these bowl games don't mean as much, you know, if you're not in the conference and if you're not in the national championship picture, um you know, but if you're, you know, a, a first round draft pick out of, you know, let's say Penn State and Penn State gets the 11 seed, are you leaving uh, a chance at a national championship, you know, uh, on on the table for just to go leave a couple months early? No, I think you're probably staying and as opposed to maybe playing in some New Year's Six Bowl game that really doesn't mean as much. So um, I, I think this is a really good opportunity for, for, for college football. And so, you know, we'll see what happens with it. Um, but, you know, I, I just I like the idea that, you know, the SEC might not necessarily dominate you know this 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 tournament uh, moving forward you guys almost convinced me to like playoff expansion i'll say this i, I may not love it but i will watch it all of us will regardless of the people exactly. who are That's on social the media That's we're gonna thing. watch it why, we're gonna watch why, why it. even yeah. bother arguing because we're exactly. all gonna watch whatever product they put in because we're addicted 
I'm going to watch the XFL <laughs> in the next couple weeks because I just need something to hold me over. So until, you know, that, that passes. Last topic here of the conversation, it brings into a, a good point. Does out-of-conference scheduling take a dip? Or does it does it take a rise? And I want to kind of look at the future of LSU non-conference opponents. Obviously, this upcoming season won't be impacted. They're playing Florida State. That's the big one. Grambling, Army, and Georgia State. But then 2024. Now, I don't know how this what is going to impact. That year is going to be, a, it's going to be rough. Well, and it's going to be – It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Does that stay? You know, what is the Big uh-huh. Ten schedule? Does it affect that? Obviously, USC and Las Vegas, uh, they're playing Rice, uh, UCLA, South Alabama. But 2025, at Clemson, you get Clemson 2026, Houston 27, as we get further out, Arizona State, Utah. But what do you guys think quickly as we kind of round, round this podcast down? And, and Dylan, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Glenn. I mean, does non-conference scheduling get easier because of how hard the SEC is going to be? Or does this encourage teams to, hey, schedule tougher out-of-conference games into where, you know, TV rights people are going to love it? Especially TV rights people, you'll have a national game, primetime slot every single week, LSU fans, if you keep that 2024 schedule. Well, I think a year like this year is scarier to teams than even a potential new schedule because, like, I mean, you saw top teams aren't safe, uh, aren't as safe. Um, So... I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I feel like teams will be looking for more excuses to schedule cupcakes. Um, Brian Kelly has already mentioned he wants to do more of you know Louisiana smaller schools, um, just because I mean it is good for the state if the money's going somewhere. It might as well go go in state. Um, I don't think that they'll be rushing to to fill out. Uh, play half of a Big Ten season in one season along with their SEC schedule anymore. Yeah. Glenn, what do you think? I mean, I kind of tend to differ a little bit. I think it's still important to have those good non-conference schedule uh, opponents. You know, um, look, I mean, you know, for every, you know, Florida State loss you had last year, you also have the Texas win in 19 that really helped Mm -hmm. propel that team onto the national scene. And um, I, I think they rode that momentum for the rest of the year. And, um, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of good opportunities there for for you to schedule out of out of conference opponents. It tells you where you stack up with other conferences in the league or in the in the nation. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I like the idea of still scheduling some of these powerhouses. And you could also make the argument that, you know, if you lose the, one of those games, you know, say you lose to Florida State this year. Well, in five years, if you were to lose to Florida State in the first game of the year, it wouldn't matter as much because you would have an opportunity to get yourself back up into that top 12 range because of your conference schedule. So, like, I mean, doesn't, for example, does a nine and three LSU team this last year, is that a top 12 team in, in two years? Like, when this thing goes into effect, like the, the team that finished nine and three, uh, do they, do they, do they make the top 12? I, I think it's a conversation. Yeah. You know, I think they're, I think what did they finish like fifteen or sixteen in the final uh, college the final football? A, final college football play and, and AP poll was around four, in between fourteen and seventeen. I think if so, you kind of averaged everything out. Yeah, I mean, you say say you win one of those games and you're you're right there in the mix for right in the middle of it, and you only lost a couple games. So, yeah, it dilutes kind of the regular season importance, and I think that's probably why a lot of people don't like this twelve game model. Um, but I also think it keeps you, you know, it keeps <laughs> players and it keeps teams engaged because they also have 
you know, the realization that, hey, if we only lose one or two games, um, we still have a chance at really being in the middle of it by the end of uh, December. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I, you know, I certainly understand the people who want to keep it, you know, small and, um, but, you know, there, there hasn't been as much parity as we've, as we've seen in the last seven or eight years um, because of the dominance of the SEC. And, um, you know, college sports are made for upsets. You know, we see it in basketball all the time, baseball and, and so many other sports. Um, you know, if you had a top 12 where, you know, I think there's probably really, really solid teams uh, across the board, you, you might get an upset or two in the first round that really generates a lot of excitement and activity. Um, and, and that's kind of what it's all about at the end of the day. And I'll say this to kind of round it out, who wouldn't want to see what kind of what Tulane did this past year uh, yeah. after they beat USC? That'd be really cool to see them get a shot as well. He's Dylan Sanders. Two, oh, go ahead. Can you imagine if those two teams were playing for a college football uh you know, in a, in a college football playoff bracket and Tulane beats USC. I mean, that'd be, I mean, it's already the greatest win in program history, but it, it, it would certainly, you know, in, increase the level of importance of that game. So like, mm -hmm. I, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. It's going to be fun to watch it. And, and like I said, I, I mean, we could, we can talk about it to the cows come home essentially, but we're going to watch it. And that's bottom line. I'm still going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. It just might take getting some used to, just like it did when, when they went from the BCS to the four, when they, you know, went to the BCS uh, well before Dylan was probably born. But, you know, that was uh, – that was uh, that's the first time I've ever been able to pull the old man card, uh, Glenn, and saying that we I watched a pre-BCS national championship. So, hey, that's all the time we have for today. This has been the Go 24-7 podcast. Dylan Sanders, Glenn West. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Make sure to check us out on Go 24-7. We've got some great stuff. Baseball season starts off this Friday. Going to be a lot of fun to follow that all season long. I know everyone's itching and ready to go for that. Spring football is not too far away, and I, Glenn and I were just talking about it beforehand. It, it will be here, and uh, we can't wait. And uh, everyone say a prayer for Dylan as he um, is working towards graduation. He is going to do it. He can't wait Ooh. to be done, and he, oh, he can do it. He's taken the, <laughs> uh, the, the Glenn West route of absolutely being as studious as possible. Isn't that right, Glenn? <laughs> No comment. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Go 24-7 podcast. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.